Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to yet another episode of the Breakthrough Podcast. Today I'm very excited because I have one guy I've been hunting for the last one year or so uh, to get him on the podcast because he's a man of many duties, many meetings, many important dates that he keeps skipping <laughs> because he's super duper duper busy. Uh, I have with me Vijay Kumar aka Mr. K on the podcast. Welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast my friend. How are you doing? Very, very good. Thank you so much for having me on the show Rohan. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while but uh, unfortunately our schedules are all over the place and we're not matching in. But I'm I'm glad to be here finally. Finally, I got some time out of you, man. <laughs> Such a busy man. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, bro. I'm totally. <laughs> how's it been, man? How's how's life been for the last one and a half year? Uh, things have been a bit screwed up. How are you doing in general? What's your mental space? Uh, what's up with your uh, with your businesses? What's up with your individual artist profile at the moment? Uh, tell me what's going on, man. You know, I uh, the last year, all of us have been seeing the same scenario that it's been across the world. You know, it's been yeah. more or less same for the nightlife industry, for music, for artists. It's been the same across the world. Uh, we Indians, we saw a certain uh, jump when in the winters, when things opened up and, uh, and we were the only people functioning, probably one of the few countries that are functioning across the world, you know, and yeah. uh, we saw a certain uh, spike in all the parties and nightlife and the music scene and everything picked up really, really, uh, you know, in a large manner. But then uh, it also shut down that fast, you know, but... <laughs> But but that's a risk we all take. That's a risk we all have to take at the current moment. There's no other way, you know, because uh, this whole this whole situation has been on for almost what a oh, year and a half now. You know, and that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And especially for artists, you know, artists and the music industry, especially in our uh, space, which is electronic space or underground music or that whole space, it's not a very uh, it's not a very commercially strong uh, space to be in. You know, and artists uh, in this space are mm-hmm. usually uh, living very simple lives. They live almost on a, on a on a monthly basis. You know. It's not like they have great savings or the great assets of great wealth that they have accrued. So a situation like this, uh, when it occurs, you know, they can survive for a few months, yes. But then for one and a half years, it's a challenge for most artists. You know, and it's not just me. Uh, and since we have so many artists on the agency, on A&R, and uh, I've just been, it's been a tough uh, season for them. And because I work so closely with them, it's been a tough season for all of us. You know, it's been tough in many, many ways. Some of the artists had to go back to their hometowns, uh, you know, because they were having rented accommodations and they, there was no income at all. I mean, for one and a half years, zero income is, is, is tough. It's tough for anybody for that matter, you know. And uh, But then on, on, the, on a brighter note, I think all of us needed, uh, uh, it was a welcome break for me because like you just said, uh, it's been so much work all the time. It's been so much work all the time and so many meetings and so many plans. And since I handle so many roles together, so we do the festival also. We do, we, we manage the agency as well, which are so many artists. Plus I handle my own, my own profile, so I'm traveling a lot for gigs and shows and all of that, you know, and it gets really hectic. And especially with the whole lifestyle, you know, the, the, the late hours and the, the constant partying and music and all of that, <laughs> you know, and this was a very welcome uh, break. It was a forced break in all of us. Uh, the, the first lock, the first lockdown, the first lockdown was a little hectic because uh, it came with a shocker. And uh, we actually didn't know what's going to happen and how yeah. things are going to pan out. The second lockdown that just happened uh, in the last couple of months, we were kind of ready for things, you know. And uh, we also know that uh, things are going to open up. And uh, we had already reached a phase where the vaccination was ready and people could get vaccinated. So there's more uh, there's more uh, concrete uh, visibility of the future. You at least know that things are going to get better. You know, the first lockdown was pretty hectic, yeah. not just for me, for everybody. And that was a long one. That was almost six, eight months lockdown. And... Uh, the whole uncertainty of things usually drives people mad, you know, especially people uh, like us who are used to working or something. I mean, all of us are used to doing something or the other. You know, we're not, yeah. we're, we're not, we're not used to just being there, just not do anything. That is like a, it's a big deal. That itself is a challenge for your mind. So that's what happened the last lockdown. But the second lockdown, because we were all ready for it and we knew that, you know, things, it's just a matter of time. I actually used it to connect with my family and friends and just chill and Netflix and PlayStation and all of that, you know, <laughs> the things that you want to do, yeah. but you can't do all the time, you know, and it was, in fact, I, in fact, I made a, made it a, a you know, conscious decision to cut down on screen time. I put timers on all my apps, <laughs> on, all my, on all my social media apps. Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, they were just locked down, you know, after a few hours, uh, specified hours, they were locked down <laughs> and I, I wouldn't touch my phone. I wouldn't touch my apps. And I took, it was a welcome break. You know, it, at, I think at times in order to function better, your mind needs, needs a break. It does need, you know, and, uh, for people like us who are already traveling a lot and, you know, with a lifestyle and 
taking a vacation honestly doesn't become a vacation anymore because we end up doing the same thing that we do everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't Goa during the season. I was there for almost, I was there twice for two, three weeks. But then okay. it was just, it was just like my regular lifestyle. <laughs> Nothing different. <laughs> if Goa was, Goa was like, I think so, I mean, every second or third artist or anyone to do with music, everybody ran to Goa. I uh, came back from Goa and I had COVID. <laughs> so I was on the, I was on the <laughs> other way. Came back and I got screwed. So, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I ha- I got COVID before, yeah, so I was safe. <laughs> okay, so, that's so I, good I, I, I was all, I was all out and go. I didn't care, you know. I had antibodies and I didn't care. <laughs> oh, but who cares? Who really cares and go? I mean, I hope everything's better right now. But you know, uh, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> I when I was there in Goa, I actually ran back to Delhi. I had decided to stay there for a longer time, okay. but uh, you know. So I was there, I was there for a couple of meetings and I was supposed to meet this person who had given in his blood for, for a test, okay, for a COVID okay. test because he thought he had fever and he's a prominent minister's son, okay. So with his connections, his test results didn't come back for five days, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I got worried, you know, I'm like, okay, this is dangerous because if someone's test result is not coming back for five days, especially someone with all the connections, what happens if you really fall ill here? Is the infrastructure ready to handle it? You know, and uh, then I made a few phone calls and I got to know that people are actually suffering then and it was not uh, made public yet. You know, people didn't know about it yet. In the hospitals, we, there were queues. Uh, there were no mm-hmm. beds anymore that already had started in the end of, by the end of April. And uh, that's when I decided to come back to Delhi immediately. You know, I said, okay, Delhi is way safer than Goa at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Vijay, man, before we get ahead uh, with your with your journey, I want to know how did it start uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how did we get into the whole... I would say you are more of a music entrepreneur and I think I like that space the most when I cover my podcast I like to see people who are in the business because I, I kind of like business and I kind of like music both and you've kind of merged it you know it's like a dream uh, business to have so you're in the space uh, and the best part is and the most interesting part is that you are I mean you are an artist yourself so I think uh, you see both sides of the coin uh, and it's very very interesting so I want to know how did you first of all get into the whole music scene uh, then get into the whole business scene uh, and I want to know your your DJing uh, part in terms of your music how did you get into DJing uh, first what happened first let me know I think it will be really okay, interesting so what, what came first Ch- the chicken or the egg <laughs> 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 so yes I, I, be- I became a DJ first that was the first thing that happened okay. to me and uh, you know like like I think most DJs and most, most artists across the country or globally it's always a thing that is there since childhood most artists you'll talk to Mm-hmm. You know, kira bachun mein hota mein. You know, it's like that. Something or the other gets into them, yeah. and uh, some of them usually die out. They don't find a way or a means to convert into a into a career. And I was stuck with that for a while. You know, because mm-hmm. when I got out of school, the music was always a thing for me. You know, and when uh, when DJs were not a, not a common factor, DJs were always in in bigger clubs and uh, massive bars in. Yeah. across the country they just come into the country they were DJs of course but you won't see them at your regular parties today it's a very common thing you know as a career choice yeah. as well but at that point in time it wasn't you know and for all my school parties my high school parties my college parties my, my CPU was the one that was getting kidnapped <laughs> every time my computer <laughs> would get picked up I wouldn't even know my friends would come over, pick up a computer, take it to their farms or take it to their basement and the party would be on, you know, they, and we'd, we'd use Winamp and things like that. And Winamp had this new yeah, cost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Funny. And Winamp was actually, if you think about it now, it's funny, but at that time it was a cool app. You know, it was a really, really cool. Uh, of course it was. You know, and uh, it, it had some really funky features. It had that whole <laughs> fading crossfade feature. So we used to abuse that like hell, <laughs> you know, almost like every yeah. mixing. And it had this whole visuals feature that you could create visuals on it. I pretty interesting. I think it it also had this thing which which you could probably automatically fade into the next track. Right? I think that's one yeah. Of that the whole crossfade feature. That, right? that whole crossfade feature. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that was yeah. that was really cool. And then they also had these visuals. <laughs> you would you know yeah. you could you could uh, put those visuals yeah. on any screen and you could actually you know customize them as per your needs. Put in your yeah. name and put in yeah. artist name and things like that. So we still have a lot of fun with that and play around with that. Yeah. But honestly, I never gave it a thought of you know as a career because at that time i guess uh, teaching was not a career option it was but not i mean not that somebody would you take it that easily you know yeah. it wasn't so obvious and uh, also the the means yeah. to do it or the options to do it were very very limited you know and uh, so when when i came out of school i i did my merchandising from pearl that's my uh, uh, first education uh, that i did from pearl academy of fashion with okay. my fashion merchandising and basically the whole idea was to join my uh, oh, wow. <laughs> the whole idea was to join my parental business which is in the garment space but then uh, once i joined college i realized oh, I wow we have something in we have something in common <laughs> really <laughs> you, you have a background as well 
I'm saying in terms of the whole fashion and the oh, yeah, you know, in terms course. of the whole fashion and the whole garment uh, scene. Yeah, that's where we have something common here. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yes. So yeah, that's that. That was my first uh, uh, education that I did, and then uh, but soon I realized I couldn't do it. And it was not my cup of tea to get into the whole garment space and get into merchandising. And then I went when I when I decided I'm not going to follow it as a career. I was pretty confused. You know, and I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do in life. <laughs> so then uh, the next yeah. option that I had was computers. Because computers are always exciting at that point in time. It was the thing, you know. Yeah. And especially for, for, for South Indian boys, IT is like boss. <laughs> the, the place to be. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, I'm, so so technically I'm a South Indian though I live in Delhi and I was born in West Bengal. But my dad is in wow. Coimbatore and my mom is in Bangalore. So IT was <laughs> so IT was the next best thing that could happen to me. So I did I joined Microsoft, did my software engineering for Microsoft, then I did my Cisco certifications, uh, did my CCNE, which is the topmost certification then for Cisco hardware networking. I did all of that. Uh, worked with all these brands, worked with Cisco, worked with Microsoft for a few years, and then uh, I just got sick of it. <laughs> Because, you know, deep down, I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. It, you know, that nine to five job, your formal going sitting in office and working at the desk every day. It just got to me eventually, you know. And uh, so, yeah, so a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened and doing, doing work also, which eventually made me realize that this is not where I want to be, you know, and I still was very confused. So I quit my job. And I joined my dad finally in his business. Worked with him for a year. Also, my parents, okay. my parents lured me in. You know, they, my dad enticed me with. The, he said, "I'll give you a new car. I'll give you a new office space. I'll give you this. I'll give you that." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> this is better than my job." <laughs> so, so, I decided, so, so I decided to join him. But then again, you know, you're working with your dad uh, is uh, is not easy always. You know, sometimes yeah, it, know. either it's, either it's, it's really fun. Or it could be really difficult because it's like it's like driving back with your boss back home every day. <laughs> in a usual scenario, yeah, you probably leave your boss back in office. <laughs> Here, you're actually going back home with him. Imagine that. You can't even take a leave. You can't even take your sickness. <laughs> you can't tell him I'm sick in the morning. I fever. I can't come. <laughs> you know, he'll be knocking at your door like, what, Ramesh? Come to office right now. So, so, that's what ha- <laughs> so that's what happened. So I was working with him for a while, for about a year, year and a half. And then uh, I ended up at one of these fashion week after parties, you know, and uh, I met, uh, I'm not sure yeah. if you know him, this this person called DJ Iggy. You know, now he goes uh, by just Iggy and uh, that's his name. He owns Cirrus. Actually, I also technically I was a partner okay. with him. We built Cirrus together. Yeah. So he was a very popular DJ then. He was a supermodel and all of that, you know, and uh, I ended up at one of one of these after parties okay. and I saw him playing vinyls. I saw him playing on turntables. Okay. And uh, that's when it just kicked in, you know. It, uh, so we had a common friend, and uh, I asked my common friend if he could introduce okay. me to him, you know, and uh, also check if he would want to teach me. And my friend was like, "Son, this guy's a is a real uh, he's, he's 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 really really hot headed and arrogant. He won't he won't teach anybody." <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, "Boss, push to le, You just ask him once. <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, he'll probably say no. I was I was ready for for a no, but but you know, yeah. but honestly, watching him uh, play on his vinyls, it was magic. Just watching the turntable, it was magic. For somebody who has always loved music and stuck with Vinamp and your cassette players and CD players, and suddenly and suddenly, you know, you see someone playing vinyls, it was I can't I can't tell you. I was hypnotized. I was just standing and staring at him the whole party. It was like that. <laughs> And also when I was younger, wow. my dad, my dad was a real music enthusiast also. You know, he had a huge vinyl collection of his own. And, yeah. uh, him and me actually, we built a whole radiogram together. You know, that was one of our, uh, DIY oh, projects wow. at home. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So we built a whole radiogram together, which had a, which had a record wow. player. It had a radio. It had everything like a speaker and everything built in it. We built it together. So yeah. So I had a little love for vinyl lovers there, you know, and uh, that I, I think the, the love for music started there. Because ever since I was a child, I've been hearing music. He had, he had all the vinyls possible. He had ABBA and he had uh, Sinatra and he had uh, Paul and Simon and, you know, everything. Wow. Beatles, he had the Bee Gees, he had everything. You know, and also, of course, all, all the Bollywood uh, wow. movies, especially Amitabh Bachchan. That's why, that's where my name comes from. Oh man, actually name is so is is so seventies eighties Vijay Kumar. Yeah, bro. Starring in and as bro. Wala naam. Don. <laughs> so, so Vijay Pad, Don, all of it, bro. Oh, wow. So uh, yeah, so um, so that's <laughs> so, so I saw him by uh, you know so my friend went at the bend up to him and asked him. He said, uh, "Oh, this this friend of mine wants to learn. Can you teach him?" 
So, so Iggy gives me a long, hard stare, and he actually he actually stares me up toe to head to toe, you know, and like, okay, who is this guy? And I was in my formal. I had just come back from office. I was wearing my trousers and shirt and <laughs> formal oh, shoes. Yeah. I was like, who is uncle coming to learn <laughs> mixing from me? You know, like that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. But then but then I think he saw something in me, you know, and uh, there was a connect. And it actually was a long connect because he and me have a long story after that. You know, we worked together for many years, and uh, he genuinely was my mentor after that. You know, so he called me over to his house the next day. He said, "He said, let's meet uh, tomorrow." He called me over to his next uh, next day to his house, and I went. And uh, he said, "You know, I'm I I've never taught anybody. You're the first person I'm going to teach, and uh, it's really special to me." <laughs> and that's how things started off. You know, and uh, yes, yeah, so so he then so he taught me for a year, uh, year and a half. He mentored me completely, and honestly, everything that I, I am today starts from there. You know, he was my stepping stone into the whole industry. Oh. You know, and uh, I have a lot to be grateful to him for for all of it. You know, because all the connections, the the know-how, the expertise, the experience. You know, everything starts from him, from there. You know, and uh, so in, so uh, so in, in true sense, he was a mentor to me. So uh, after about a year, he then uh, you know he he proposed that uh, we start working together. He said, you know, you have a you have a strong business acumen, and why don't we start something together? So we started we started artist management right then. That's yeah. when this is this is 2007. We started a management company there, and then uh, we worked together for a period. We were we were handling some of the top venues of of Delhi. You know, Lab, Kitty Sue, we were working all of them, uh, placing resident DJs. We were doing sound setups. We were doing artist management. We did lots of things together, and then uh, we decided to move to Goa and start the club oh. there. You know, and so that's how Cirrus came into existence. Existence. We built it together and all of that. Uh, I moved to Goa for two, three years, and uh, but there was a point again. You know, nothing lasts forever. So that so his style of working yeah. and my style of working didn't suddenly started drifting apart. You know, and uh, so we decided to part ways. And uh, I came back to Delhi and uh, was playing music, was doing gigs for a while, and uh, eventually uh, I kind of got sick of the whole system. You know, because uh, I somehow realized that uh, the purity of music was being lost. You know, and uh, the struggle for artists, yeah. the struggle for artists to survive and make a livelihood, and also play what they wanted to play and play what they truly wanted to play from their heart. There was a big gap, you know, and also for the people who yeah. truly wanted, to, who truly appreciated the music and wanted to understand and experience the music, they had to go through so much. And for example, in Delhi, and it, that's it, it. It applies to the rest of the country as well. But in Delhi, Delhi especially, you know, you yeah. to, just to listen to good music, you first have to make sure you have enough money in your pocket. It is an expensive affair. Okay, you go to a club or a bar today. It is for any for any individual. I mean, you you know, for people to party, they have to actually plan. They cannot party all weekends. They probably will do it two weekends and probably do a house party the third weekend. You know, or just chill at home. Yeah. But to go out to a club or a bar to listen to your favorite artist play or to your favorite music or you know just go have a you know chill time at a, at a space like that is an expensive affair. It's not cheap anymore. Yeah, for an individual, it's at least three four thousand rupees, easy. You know, and uh, on added to that, yeah, yeah. added to that, you have to make sure that you 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 dress properly and you 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 know you can't be chill. You can't wear shorts. You have to wear proper clothes. The bouncers will check you. They'll frisk you. You walk in. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a whole hectic process. You know, by the time you and by the time you enter the venue, you've already lost the whole uh, the whole you know the the music is gone, the creativity is gone. It's so commercial and mainstream, and you know, and even for the artists performing, yeah. there's so much pressure always, you know, because you are now under pressure to make sure that the venue is making money, that the crowd is enjoying your music, and uh, you know, you have a following. For artists who are beginning their career, it is a very very tough process. It is very tough. It's not easy, you know, and uh, for 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 anybody who wants to be a musician. It and anybody who has who has achieved it and is there on a certain level today across the country, you know there are so many DJs in the country today that are brilliant, and uh, I've seen so many start from scratch and grow also. And hats off to them because it's not an easy journey. It is not an easy journey. And for any artist who has stuck around, who has stuck around till now, still struggling and still trying to make it there, even through the pandemic and all of it, again, much much respect to them because it is never an easy journey. You know, you could any day break down and give up and go get a job. Any day. You know, and it'll probably make your life easier yeah, because you'll, yeah. you'll have a set income coming in, and uh, or or just give up and just do something else. You know, but that that choice of just being yeah. there and doing what you choose to love and choose to create—that is a big, big decision. It takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It is not easy. So much respect to everybody there, bro. And uh, that's how we started locals. Also, 
you know local started off as an underground uh, party scene or an underground music scene or an underground community to be precise where uh, so what we did initially was mm-hmm. we we wouldn't charge money from anybody okay it was a completely free party we would just curated a small terraces yeah. basements uh, rooftops lawns you know backyards and uh, we limited to people that we knew we created a group on facebook and uh, any artist that was performing or anybody who was part of the crew could add people and they did a whole ref check who this person was okay. did he fit into the whole scene did does he understand music or is he just coming to party because you know t- there's today there's also a fine line between a person who actually understands music who's coming there and also someone who's just coming there to get drunk and get wasted and party you know there is a difference there and sometimes yeah. sometimes when you have that crowd which doesn't understand the music they can kill the whole vibe they can you know and they can make it difficult of for course. the real people who, for the real music lovers they can make it difficult sometimes you know and they can create the, they can kill the vibe for the artist also yeah. so that is something we filtered a lot you know so every person that was added to the facebook group was checked personally by me or somebody from the group you know we would we would check the mutual friends sometimes we we even connected with the mutual friends you know with our mutual friends checked who this person is <laughs> is he okay you know and and people used to get really get threatened like why are you checking on me you know it's just a group but we did that we did that <laughs> and we did that you know why we did that was so that the sanctity of the party was maintained you know at the gig the sanctity of the gig the purity of the gig and how the vibe was handled was maintained it was always peaceful always loving chilled out no egos no drama no bullshit and we purposely would never charge money there was no entry fee uh, it was byob the chasers the mixers were always on the house yeah we used to pay for it you know we never made people pay money oh, wow. because yeah because so the only fact is that i realized when money comes into the picture uh, perception change people change the whole vibe changes you know yeah. anybody anybody uh, who pays money at the gate or pays money to you for something suddenly has privilege to be in a certain manner and if he is not somebody is mature enough to handle it course, it can go course. it can go wrong you know and uh, so we so we control all of that we wouldn't charge okay. money for the longest time and people could only enter if you allowed them to enter and it was like that but uh eventually after all the ref checks and everything we still keep a strong check on the group you know people still don't just get added that easily you know it's still a, it's still a closed group by the way it was in fact it was a yeah. secret group for the longest time the locals uh, facebook group was secret you couldn't even see it unless someone referred you okay but now it's closed it's not secret <laughs> okay but today it's about uh, 7000 plus strong you know and it's 99% people who wow. purely love music it's not randomness and that's where the strength lies you know because today whenever wow, we do so- an event or whenever we do a gig it reaches out to your target audience you know so that's wow. that's that's what we created uh, so yeah so the first so the first year of locals uh, we became a we became uh, the talk of the town because we were probably one of the only other people uh, second peep second group or first group that was doing this you know doing underground parties and we would change locations every month so it was once a month and we would change locations every month and people wouldn't know what the location was the location would only be released like probably a few hours before yeah. the party you know and things like that and uh, of course that concept always existed abroad you know in uk uh, london had a lot of garage parties and yeah. parties in berlin as well but india it was fairly new you know and uh, i remember we used to do this when i was in college that in sai was pretty large the whole sai scene was uh, yeah, massive <laughs> early 2000s early 2000s you know and uh, i would attend quite a few in college probably twice at least two or three days in a week we were at some party you know getting wasted <laughs> getting drunk and missing college but that was that was what it was it was a great scene there but it was all side there was no techno there was no tech house there was no there was only side you know yeah and that lasted for a while that lasted for about 3 4 years since since till they uh, it became too big and then it started getting uh, you yeah. know too many people got into the scene and the authorities get uh, get notice and it gets just gets too crazy you know it just goes out of control yeah yeah so so when we started in delhi the whole scene was quiet it was not that hectic we started it and uh, but i i genuinely didn't genuinely didn't intend it to be a business model or i genuinely didn't think of making it into a whole you know like a big scene or i didn't expect that there would be 70000 people honestly you know i just realized that <laughs> yeah on because you know what happened was there was there was about four five of us friends got to that we said listen every weekend we go to a club we waste money there we spend 3 4000 bucks on the on the alcohol and food or whatever why don't we just pull yeah. in the money rent the sound system and start playing ourselves because some of us are DJs anyway you know yeah. and then and then we started inviting our, our other DJs also and we also started inviting a lot of people who wouldn't get opportunities to play at these clubs you know uh today i think the music scene i don't blame the i don't blame the system i don't blame the venues i don't blame the promoters i don't blame the bookers but a lot of it also matters in terms of how much revenue is generated by the artist also you know which which yeah. if you boil which if you boil down to yeah which when you boil down to it uh, it uh, comes down number of people it's as simple as that to kitne log le aayega is one question every promoter booker asks every artist you know now 
I understand. Yeah. I understand that to ask an artist that is actually not the right thing to do because at the end of the day, he's coming with his art and he's coming with his music that is probably built and created over years of experience, and he's actually spent a lot of time and a lot of money and probably a lot of his life to get to where he is, where he can offer you that creation of your of his and make people dance on the dance floor. You know, to 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 play a to, yeah. if you're booking any artist and where he is right now is because he sacrificed so much over so many years. I truly understand that. I understand the fact that when artists get offended when bookers or venues or promoters question them for the number of people they have or the or the fan following that they have. It is true, and most artists get offended. Most of them, even sometimes I would get offended when. <laughs> you do too. <laughs> it is. It is, but natural. It is. It is. It is very natural. You know, because. Yeah. But then, when you look at the other side of the story, okay, if there is no revenue generation, if clubs shut down because they're not making profits or the payers are not matching, okay, if promoters cannot function or booking agencies cannot function because they're not making profits, not making business, then where do the artists perform? If imagine when your favorite club shuts down, if they're not making money, where will you perform? You don't want to perform in your bedroom in your studio, you know. You want to put your talent out there. You want to create and you want to play out there. And so it's it's all ecosystem, you know. We've got yeah. to be very sensitive to a lot of things. Of course, you've got to be sensitive to each other. You know, artists need to be sensitive to the venue and the people booking them, and the venue also has to be very sensitive to the artist. You know, so so there are a lot of things I noticed. Like for example, yeah. even artists. Even after booking them, let's say some of the fi- finest artists, when you book them, uh, it's a very it's a very petty or a simple thing to discuss, you know. But you go to any popular club or bar in India today, not just Delhi, you know, pan India across the country, ninety percent of them will give you coupons for your food and alcohol. Okay, there's never a tab, which is fine, which is fine. They want to control because I know there are some people who can go overboard and abuse it. They want to control that, but then they'll give you IMFL. Why IMFL? Yeah, you know, I've I've actually <laughs> I've actually struggled with this. <laughs> I've gone to bars. And I've and they've offered me some IMFL whiskey which I don't drink, you know, or an IMFL beer which I don't drink. And I want, you know, and I, and I've always I've always you know requested people. I said, okay, you're giving an artist three coupons or four coupons. You're not giving an entire bar. You're not giving an entire bottle. Why can't you just make it a better drink? Why can't you just treat your artist right? Because when you treat your artist right, that's when he makes the scene right for you. You know, end of the day. A DJ was playing on the bath. So for us, in terms of for breakthrough, we're a duo, right? So for us, it's a bigger uh, concern for the venues because Correct. then they have like four coupons to him and four coupons to him. And Correct. then when we offer for a particular beer that we, we usually would like to drink, uh, sir, that's allowed to Kingfisher Premium. Exactly. So we've literally had conversations while playing that take three coupons but give me the beer I want, you know? So we've had those uh, That's exactly the same thing well. I would so do. I understand. That's, yeah. yeah, that's exactly the same thing I would do. But, you know, I, I think the venues uh, or the people managing it or the people booking you, they don't realize that when you make an artist happy, the evening is even better. It's way better than what it generally would be. You know, end of the day, uh, the artist is actually yeah. pushing his energy to the dance floor. The artist is actually pushing his energy to the whole venue, to the space. You know, you are booking an artist because you think he brings in value to your space in any way, you know. And if the artist is not happy himself, and it's not too much to ask. It's not like you're asking the world. It's just it's these little little things that take care of an artist makes him feel special. You, you just make him feel special or her special, you know. And then you see the magic happen. It's like that, you know. But when when an yeah. artist is not feel special, then it's just it just is a bummer, you know. And uh, so that's what we did at locals, you know. Not not only did we create a space for people to party without the stress of paying exorbitant money, uh, you know, with without the stress of. Uh, uh, getting checked by bouncers and going through all that shit. Of course, eventually when we got fairly large, you know, there was a time when we started with only 50 people and then uh, we have also had numbers like 600 yeah. people also at, at one of our underground parties. You know, so it's almost like a festival. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and, and we, and I, I, I am very, very, uh, critical about safety and critical about, uh, you know, making sure the vibe is right, especially for women, because at the end of the day, you have to understand that when you don't want to, you don't want only guys dancing on the dance floor. It doesn't look good. I mean, no, no offense, okay, but it's it has to be a balanced ratio somewhere at least, you know. And and beyond that, today, uh, you know, so come so, so we were talking about the artists till now, you know, how we took care of artists. So let me get back to that. Okay, so what we did was for the artists, we made sure that the sound was top notch always because I also am a DJ. I've, I'm, I'm, you know, professionally I have played at some really shitty sounds across the country. And I would say even till now, there are very few venues that you would really satisfy you in terms of sound. Okay. And these venues, uh, they'll probably, they'll probably spend a lot of money on the chandelier or a golden couch, you know, or, or, or the bar, but they will probably think of the sound the last. 
when I created locals, there were two aspects that, that I had in mind. One was the community yeah. and one was that, that came to party and to create a whole experience for them. And one was the artist as well. So there are two aspects to, to the whole scenario that, you know, that I was watching and I was observing as I was working as well, because I was part of the system as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was also an artist and I was also someone who'd love to go to gigs, listen to other artists play. <laughs> it is, you know, because it's important. You can't evolve unless you hear other artists play. Sometimes even the yeah. smallest, uh, I won't, I won't use the term smallest, but someone sometimes even the newest artist, you know, or sometimes even the most experienced artists, they all have something to teach you, something or the other. You could learn something really, It's if you just have to be observant. Yeah. <laughs> you know so anyway so so that's how we started off because i realized that in both cases there were things lacking you know for for the artist a good sound system was always a problem okay the the pressure to play revenue generating mu- music i would call it revenue generating music you know because <laughs> if people are not dancing not spending at the bar then then you're blacklist you're blacklist for life like this yeah. guy is useless please throw him out of the console you know and I, and trust me it has happened to me a billion times in the early stages of my career we'd be playing techno or tech house and suddenly the the resident DJ or the manager would come and say boss my resident is taking yeah. over you know switch and then yeah, yeah switch 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 <laughs> <laughs> chala, chala. and then they would get the resident DJ take over and start with this Bollywood or hip hop or whatever and then you know so, so that pressure also always existed and the crowd comes <laughs> yeah of course of course but that's that's I feel I feel that's more of a uh, of of, of uh, the guy who's booking you, I think it's their mistake because they want you to come in on a on a Saturday and play tech house. It would not work at a club like that. So I think that's. Uh, I but I, I. It's a cash and twenty two situation. Now things are better. But mm-hmm. about five years back, it was a cash and situation because they were also trying to push a style of music, you know, yeah, and. Yeah, and we are in a country which uh, predominantly is Bollywood, you know, and uh, we cannot deny that. Deny that we all of us have grown up that music also, you know, and it's not bad music. It's just a choice of music, and uh, people who love it, they love it. You can't. Everybody has their own perspective, you know, and uh, yeah. so if someone has been trying, if someone has been trying to push that our kind of music into the scene, it's obviously a challenge for him also and uh, for the artist as well. Okay, but what I would not appreciate was to give it a fair chance. You know, people would panic. They would buckle. The moment they would see the dance floor yeah. is getting empty or people are not appreciating it, they're not giving the people a chance to hear it out completely and understand it. You know, the moment they feel the dance floor is not uh, getting full or the bass is not happening, they would immediately change it. Of course, there are some yeah. venues that have pushed the scene also and I have been patient with that. There are quite a few venues in the country. There are quite a few uh, booking agents in the country. There are quite a few promoters in the country who have been patient and who have pushed the scene and because of which we are where we are today. Honestly, we are in a very great space today, especially with the electronic scene especially with our, uh, you know, with the kind of music that we play, techno and tech house and house music. We're in a great space today, you know, because uh, I think today techno is now the new mainstream. It is. Yeah, it is. And uh, the world was, the world was already uh, there a few years back and we are also getting there now. So it's, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a very, very great space and thanks to all the people who pushed it. You know, at that time, it may not have yeah. fit into a Saturday scene, but they still did try. And uh, yeah. I'm actually grateful to that, ho- to that whole uh, community with, or, or the bunch of people who tried that, you know, because of which today we are here. Because if someone didn't try it or didn't try to break the rules, it would never happen. You know, so, so, yeah. the, so, so a big thank you to all the disruptors of the scene who <laughs> changed it for us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so coming back to locals, you know, so, so of course, so artists were struggling with the whole pressure of uh, making people dance or creating, creating revenue or pushing bar sales, all of that. And, uh, also, you know, p- promotions, marketing, making sure the, the creatives are done properly, plus also work on your music and make sure that the music is towards a style of music that's acceptable to everybody. It's not your personal style of music or what you want to play from people then, you know? Yeah. And then when you get there, you're struggling with bad sound systems and uh, a shady setup and IMFL King feature beer. I mean, no, no offense to King Fisher, but, but IMFL alcohol and also, if you're hungry, you, you buy it yourself after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so all of that happened and uh, also for fresh talent, it was a, a huge challenge, you know, because fresh talent is always struggling. They never get a main slot. They never get a proper PA to start their career on. And uh, to get a break is, is quite difficult because everybody expects you to pull in people and create yeah. revenue and generate revenue. And unless you give an artist a break to start his career, how does he ever do it? It will only happen when he starts his career. No, he just can't go out there. And how how does he get people to listen to his music and become uh, fans or following? Unless yeah. he gets a place to play, it, a platform to play. It. So all of that was there that existed for a while, and uh, I was watching it for quite a while, you know, and. Uh, so that's how we started local. So with locals, we made sure the sound system was top-notch always. You know, we, we started off with outline and uh, your uh, uh, L acoustics, 
and uh, like top brands only you know i wouldn't even mm-hmm. go near an rca for a jbl okay great sound yeah but i know that electrostatics is top and uh, outline is top you know and I, and i was fortunate enough to work with some people who could tune it right for me and i would also break my hair and tuning it completely myself get into it do it you know make sure it is all sounding right the sound was always perfect then also when, when we booked the artist now because it was not a commercial scene you know yeah. uh, we couldn't pay artists honestly because we are not charging anything at the gate so we couldn't pay artists you know and and uh, we couldn't pay the vendors but trust me the reason the, the whole community built and the scene built in delhi at that point of time is because of all the people who stepped forward to support me you know uh, artists like plot and cora and all these guys you know and shift the whole killa agent uh, roster you know like uh, yeah. uh, your audio units ashwin kamchor astroy they, all these guys came and played for us and i'm telling you we didn't pay them <laughs> you know and and i'm and I'm, I'm 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 honest about it we didn't pay them because we were not making money we were not initially for the first year we were not charging money at the gates you we know it was it was free entry it was byob and the chasers and mixers were being paid by us it was on the house you know and then <laughs> yeah. then eventually after the first year when we saw that the crowd had really become large and we couldn't say no to so many people because we really saw people wanted to be a part of the scene and we couldn't keep saying no to them you know yeah. and so see, finally we'll be opened our gates to more people and then eventually it went to 100 and 150 and 200 and after that you cannot not charge people then it's difficult to run a scene it's not sustainable of anymore course. you know so then we started charging yeah. a very normal fee we started charging about 500 bucks and with that money i started paying all our sound vendors who supported me i made sure we started paying them and with that money we also uh, started expanding the whole artist folio that we were getting so before that we could only work with artists away from delhi because we could afford flights and we could afford yeah. hotel stays but then the moment we started charging the 500 bucks at the gate you know we started we could afford flights we could get artists from other cities also to play in delhi and uh, so that became a, a brilliant thing for us because there was no music there was new music coming in there was new talent coming in people were getting to experience better things and uh, so when when artists would come in you know for me i know we couldn't pay them remuneration because we're not making too much money it was an underground scene but i tried i tried yeah. my best to compensate that with the experience the artist would get you know to make sure that he's treated right and he's he's, he's taken care of properly his food his travel his stay you know and whatever he's drinking is taken care he's playing on a top notch sound system now yeah. because of all of that they started they started creating some beautiful music on for for all of us i'm telling you each each one of the artists could it could be the a fresh kid on the block or it could be someone who was really really senior they were killing it <laughs> and the music was always top notch because the artists were happy you know they were play, it was like they, they had freedom they they had the freedom to create yeah. and 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 and, and it equipment was great everything was perfect you know so that's how that's why we started it became a it became a great place for artists to play and everybody wanted to to play and uh, be a part of it and we also started something called open decks you know which which basically meant that uh, uh, the first yeah. hour of locals would be open to anybody who wanted to come and try out try out a main pa system you could be a, a person just learning how to play music you could be somebody who's just thinking of wanting to be a dj and wants to be a dj just planning yeah. it just you anybody could just walk up and give him give us their names and uh, they could take control of the system for an hour you know and I, and the reason i did that was because yeah. i knew when i started my career for me to be able to play music on a pa system you could spend hours in your studio you could spend a few hours playing in your friend's uh, basement but playing on a main pa system is different feeling altogether even if there are no people yeah. you know you suddenly get to know your mistakes you suddenly get to know where you need to improve and it's a beautiful feeling altogether you know so i wanted to give that experience to a lot of people and that's what we did so we got a lot of people to play for open decks we got a lot of fresh talent to start start the evening early and uh, that's 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 how we created we created a whole space for artists to perform and be free you know and and uh, make it a place for them make it a beautiful platform for them and for the community uh, again like i said so you know i i've seen women getting mishandled in bars yeah okay for regular people price point your security checks getting into a place you know you have to know people get connections this that if it's full they won't allow you all the drama yeah. and then uh, for women women it's i think uh india is we should be still need to learn you know when it comes to handling the women and taking care of them and making sure they're safe you know especially delhi you know yeah. and and i have honestly seen women being harassed or being troubled at every gig every party every club there's not a single club in this country where i've not seen a woman being you know either eyed at or looked at incorrectly yeah. or maybe touched or just shoved purposely or spoken to rudely or spoken to incorrectly i've seen it happen at every almost every party you know i can i can watch for it and and the sad part is most women also had started accepting it you know so so i would go to a club and i would say this see people just shoving a girl and just walking past and she would quietly ignore it yeah. you know and i would actually walk up to them and say why don't you just go and complain to the management and the, the, i would get an honest reply saying yeah this is the scene every time we go out it's no hota hai we can't keep making a deal out of it every time you know now 
can you imagine the the stress that a woman has to go to to just to enjoy good music and to be free and to party it's not easy yeah. you know i think uh, uh we men do definitely have a lot of things easy for us of course i mean that we do start, we have our own struggles okay but when it comes to uh, being free and doing what we want to do i think we do have it coming easy for us yeah. you know and especially especially in the music scene and uh, i've seen beat concerts beat festivals beat clubs beat gigs uh, women are always either looked at stared at commented at it's just not cool it's just not cool you know and that was something we took very seriously at locals so what we would do would we would announce it on the group saying that anybody caught you know troubling a woman even passing a comment or staring at a woman would be banned we, what we used to do would be we used to pick up their pictures and flash it on the group saying this was a person and he did this and he's getting banned wow you know and people took it really seriously so to so the offenders would wouldn't dare do anything you know and then even other men started coming up now this is something really amazing huh? because i've seen most men ignore this things happen and ignored because they feel it's not yeah. it's not their problem it's not their problem unless the person is unless the woman is related to you or is with you yeah. you might take action you know but otherwise they don't and sometimes even if you want to take action they don't because even men don't want to get into fights and get into you know into conflicts with people that are not of your standard or i would say offenders or you know yeah. of, of more aggressive people so we gave them that space you know so and the moment somebody would come and complain to us and a uh, random man would come and complain to us like bro this girl is being troubled can you please take care of it they would quietly come and tell us with ten security and get those guys thrown out you know that started happening and and the community started protecting each other wow it was a it was a it was a beautiful place to be you know and women could dance front row without people banging into them without people passing comments they could just be free and the whole idea of freedom suddenly became the point of being at one of the local parties and you could just do and be what you wanted to do for a guy or a girl and the focus was music wow they were there for the music you know so of course we we also increased safety standards because people number of people increased so we had to increase security and but the security was always trained by me before any event not to be aggressive to you know to be uh, behave properly behave mannerly uh, yeah. you know some some simple basic things like let's say washrooms you know most clubs and bars don't even take care of the washrooms properly they're cramped up they're dirty and you're standing in queues we started renting air conditioned washrooms can you believe that for underground parties at farms <laughs> and, and i've had actually i've actually had artists coming from other cities is coming up to me and saying boss air conditioned washroom what the hell is happening here <laughs> so we used to rent those vans you know those air conditioned vans yeah, so yeah. basically whatever money we made at the gate was put back right into the system you know for for a great space we changed venues every time a great sound system great lighting you know even washroom security everything was taken care of so so it became a very safe space for people to party you know for a long long time and that was the beauty of locals yeah. and uh, so that's how we continued so basically on the first year when we completed uh, one one year in 2018 uh that's when we decided to start the festival that was basically our anniversary our first anniversary yeah <laughs> and uh, and uh, this was in march before we before and we go to before we go to your festival story uh my personal stories i i i remember when the first uh, district uh, festival was happening or uh, everybody my 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 manager my girlfriend everyone was just like what is going on what is happening you know it was this thing you know there's something really cool is happening and i remember i don't know was it i don't know who it was but i remember asking my pushing my manager go reach out to them i want to play there i want to play there you know reach out to me if it's free i want to play there and uh, i was very happy to get a good response from uh, i don't i don't really remember who it was or through who it came uh, but we had a very very great uh, response obviously we from pune obviously uh, you guys didn't know us and you know we never really right. worked together right. uh, but we got right. a very positive response saying you know what we've already filled in our our roster for this uh, time and obviously by the time the creatives and all of the stuff came out i'm, I'm pretty sure everything right. was anyways by default booked uh, but we just right. wanted to kind of give it a shot and see if, if things work right. uh, but big props to you and your team man i think um, in terms you, of the festival you. the way it's been done the the artists that you guys had on board uh, the the way the roster was managed the creative the way the whole setup was i mean it's I mean that's one of the major chunks I wanted to kind of know uh, from you is how do you guys pull that through uh, and mainly what's happening next because you've got like a year and a half to decide I mean you you got enough time to think about what you're going to I think the bigger question is uh, I mean talking about having a festival soon is that going to happen soon uh, what's the plan what's the what's the way ahead right now with the festival as well and you can I mean obviously okay. share personal story as well okay sure yeah so again so this it was our first anniversary for locals and that's how it started you know and uh, again it, i didn't know where it's going to head i didn't know how it's going to, I, i didn't know it's going to turn out so beautiful it was just creating something beautiful or creating a space that i myself wanted to experience you know and uh, 
so so i'll tell you how this started so basically there was this uh, dj a, a fresh guy you know i mean i won't say not a popular person also and uh, he had put up a status he's from rajasthan mm-hmm. and he put up a status on his facebook one night saying that what if you do a festival in the desert and i have no clue how he thought of it okay i think he got inspired from probably uh, magdalene fields or some one of the other festivals and he said what if you do a festival in the desert and i think that he had put up a status about 2 minutes before that you know and uh, the moment i saw it is probably Two minutes on Facebook or five minutes on Facebook. I it flashed on my homepage, <laughs> and this was at about one o'clock in the night. Okay, and uh, now you know. So, so doing a festival was always in my mind for for many years. You know, I think I think every DJ wants to create something large. Yeah, and yeah. Then all of us aspire to do something cool, to create a cool event, or create a cool festival, or create a cool band. You know, all of us aspire to do that. And this was also a, it's part of my whole journey. You know, I want to create a festival and do all of that. So, so when locals became a community in Delhi, and we had such a big number, so it obviously became stronger. You know, that whole uh, wish to create a festival became stronger. And I was approached by a few people also. You know, who had massive funding and wanted to start a festival, but I didn't jump into the jump into the opportunity because I wasn't too sure if they were uh, the right-minded people. You know, because a festival yeah. is not just about for me it's not just about making music but making money sorry it's all about the music for the for that, that was the first priority you know if i had to make money i could have taken a different choice of line but choice of career you know i could have played a different style of music also yeah all of us all of us the reason we are here is because we love what we do it's not just about the money you know and uh, similarly for the festival also it is not about the money so i was offered an opportunity before uh, with big budgets which i declined because i didn't like the whole team you know i wasn't comfortable with them so coming back to this story so when this guy put up the status update i, I called him you know at 1 o'clock in the night i said boss kya chal raha hai what is this <laughs> so he said <laughs> So I was curious. So he said, he said, you know, I know, I I know this royal family in uh, Rajasthan, uh, close to Jaipur, and they're very close to me, and they have this, they have this little property, and uh, we can definitely do something here. Uh, it took me two days <laughs> to get there. In two days, I was out of Delhi. I was in Jaipur. I, you know, I went to the property, and the moment I walked in, and I just walked in. I saw the space when the door. I can't explain the feeling to you. You know, when the doors are open, it's a castle. It's an 18th century castle. It has a hill yeah. behind, like a, like a small hill behind the castle. And when you open the the main door, and you walk in, you can see the castle and the hill behind it. And that sight itself, you know, in my head, there's something clicked, and it, it said, "You have to do this." <laughs> Now I had no crew. I had no crew, no funding, I had nothing. It was just a thought, you know, that I want to do this. Now any sane person would probably say, okay, you know, it, it takes a lot of money. How are you going to do this? You know, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's, it's big budgets. It's, it's. 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 You're looking at almost a crore every time we do it. Yeah. It's big budgets, you know. And at that time, I didn't know how I'm gonna how I'm gonna raise that money. What is going to happen? However. it just fell into place i mean it's been it's, it's not easy but um, i've also been blessed you know blessed a lot of uh, amazing people who came to who came in left who were part of the journey or not part of it anymore who came in did they did their bit supported the system built it and uh, we are who we are today because of all those people's sacrifices okay yeah. it could it could be people from the crew who are not there anymore it could be artists who supported us it could be sound vendors it could be my security team it could be the royal family that was there everybody put did this to come to put this together you know not it was not just me you know i mean people can have some of the most brilliant ideas and brilliant concepts in their head but you cannot do it alone of course it is a bunch of people you know and well there are unfortunate stories as well where we have had to part ways with some people and you know not work with some people and all of that but i'm grateful to all of them because we are who we are today because of each one of them and everybody has put in something that has taken us here you know yeah. and uh, so yeah so that's how district started you know and and that's that is the philosophy we work with you know because i myself am an artist i myself have struggled for many years not that i'm not struggling anymore i still am we still have a long way to go you know yeah. <laughs> we still have a long way to go but i know when we started off what it was a challenge man to get to get to play on a main system to get booking to get gigs it was a, always a challenge and that is why even if we could not book everybody i wish we could the least we could do is be polite to people and be yeah. Uh, you know and uh, be be uh, in communication respond to them you know and it it, hap- it happened to me, me also a lot you know when i was trying things and when i was trying to build things or create things i would approach a lot of people and i would say prominent people from the industry also you know and i wouldn't even get back responses they wouldn't even yeah. say no yeah you know they would just they would just read the message and you knew that they're reading your message today today all your apps tell you that someone is reading your message all your apps yeah okay and they know that you know it but they still wouldn't reply you know that's it's probably it takes a it takes a very cold heart to do that you know and uh, that's something i couldn't and even if i sometimes it also gets overbearing when you constantly say no to people you yeah. know and some people also do get aggressive with you they get very very aggressive with you in case in terms they want you to you know do it and we have been through situations like that i've been through like that also where people are going aggressive with us why can't you book us why can't you put me you have to put me you know and they fight with you <laughs> stuff like that 
वो भी होता है बट आई थिंक इट इज स्टिल आर ड्यूटी टू एटलीस्ट रिस्पॉन्ड बैक टू पीपल यू नो एंड यू यू कैनॉट यू कैनॉट यू कैनॉट डू इट फॉर एवरीबडी इट्स नॉट इट्स इम्पॉसिबल दैट यू कैन यू कैन सपोर्ट एवरीबडी और हेल्प एवरीबडी यू कैन ओनली डू दैट मच यू कैन डू बट द लीस्ट यू कैन डू इज ट्रीट पीपल रिस्पेक्ट यू नो दैट्स दैट इज बेसिक सो दैट्स दैट्स वॉट आई ऑलवेज यू नो एवरीबडी इन द थ्रू ऑल्सो एवरीबडी फॉलो द सेम etiquettes follow the same philosophy that you know, three people right and that's what locals about that's why that's how we built a community because when they came to our scenes they saw love they saw respect they saw you know they were welcome beat artists or beat people who attended our gigs beat people who attended the festival also they were welcome and that's what uh, makes it who we are today honestly you know if we are not just a business or not just a festival or not just an agency or or a, or a gig scene you know it's it's also about the people that we work with the love and uh, the friendship that we share it's all of that also you know yeah. so that's how this thing started so uh, this was in 2018 and uh, again sound was sound was top priority as always and i was blessed to find some really good sound vendors and engineers in the in the city who helped me because when the first first see for any festival the first 4 to 5 years is a massive challenge you don't see money yeah okay you don't see money uh, you're probably hitting losses and uh, the initial years of the festival the first 2 3 years sponsors won't even look at you <laughs> you know and uh, they don't look at you of course because sponsors want footfall yeah. and they want to they want to associate with themselves or put in money to a space that is already proven up proven themselves they will never experiment you know and because they have their you don't you can't blame them they have they it's a business they're also doing a business another day you know and yeah, uh, yeah. they have to make sure everything is viable for them you know so it was all personal money that was going into it and uh, we were hitting losses every year year after year for three years i mean till now the festival is not something which turned into profits i'm i'm very honest and open about these these figures because it is it is the most practical thing to do everybody knows how things work yeah. you know and uh, especially in the music scene we know that festivals don't create today most of festivals in the country are not making money unless they're seasoned Yeah. you know they're all in losses and it's not easy to get sponsors on board it's most it's mostly personal money so people who are people who are doing festivals or creating festivals uh, again hats off to them because uh, and stuck around it it is a big deal because i know a lot of festivals that started and didn't even survive the first year didn't survive the second year you know so festivals have been around and uh, been there for 3 4 years i mean big respect to them because it takes a lot it takes a lot because especially see the physical part of it is fine you work for days together we have not we won't sleep for a week together almost you know work not stop especially Actually, with district, it's a seventy-two hour festival, which means it works non-stop. We don't stop the music at all. You know, so the so we are we are awake all three days, and we are awake before that also. So physically, mentally, is definitely exerting and exhausting. But the financial aspect also takes plays a huge role and takes a massive toll on you. You know, and uh, uh, it takes a lot to actually withstand and go through it. And I won't get into that. And that's just it's a sob story. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, that's that's what <laughs> that's that's what every festival goes through. You know, and honestly, before I went to district. I did go to Magnetic Fields a year just before that. You know, so the district wow. was in uh, in March 2018, and I went to Magnetic Fields in December. And uh, personally, uh, for me, in terms of music, uh, I didn't enjoy it that much. Why? Because it's an it's an arts and music festival, so they have all kinds of genres of music. You know, yeah. it's multi-genre music, and uh, for me, I'm I'm not somebody who may enjoy. other genres of music i i like it but i'm not enjoy it you know and that yeah. goes to everybody we all have own choice and perspective you know no music is bad you know, it's just a perspective of what we like yeah. so i did enjoy magdalene fields i love the festival it's beautiful music was not uh, what i what uh, was for me completely but it was great music to whatever i heard you know but i was in awe of what the crew had created you know the the production the the setup the 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 way the festival was pulled off it was flawless it at least looked flawless there's yeah. i know the shit that goes back back <laughs> behind the behind the scenes i know what happens and the drama that happens but to be able to even create a flawless picture on the outside it takes a lot of course you know and uh, again munbir and uh, the wild city crew and his, his wife sara and the entire crew there i actually met munbir at the festival and i gave him a hug I'm like bro <laughs> i know what you're going through this is something else you know and yeah. uh, seriously you know like lots and lots of uh, respect to them they have created they created something and for them they were probably one of the first uh, people to create something of that sort you know and uh, i'm not uh, ashamed to say or i'm not shy to say that of course they are, they have inspired us also you know and uh, and it's a great thing because you know unless see everything is inspired somewhere or the other yeah, in the possibly. world today of course everything you might think that you it came out of your mind but actually it has come out from something you've seen in your past your upbringing your culture your exposure all of it so everything is inspired you know from somewhere or the other you know and uh, yes so this festival was an inspiration to me as well in, in the way they pull it off the production and all of that you know and uh, they're still one of the best in the country 
and uh, hats off to them completely you know, not, lots of respect to them lots of respect to them and it's a beautiful festival you know the music wise it may not be my uh, favorite festival that's only notes of music because yeah. it's multi-genre music but as a festival it's a beautiful product it's amazing you know and uh, so yeah so and trust me when i started district it was something that i wanted to achieve <laughs> you know and yeah i'm not I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that you know a lot of people will be ashamed to say that oh these guys are copying magnetic fields these guys are ripping off magnetic fields rajasthan mein kar rahe hain same scene <laughs> all of that of course we were inspired from them of course we were inspired from them you know and uh, there's, there's there's no hiding to that but we we changed our style of music i wanted to push techno and i wanted to push electronic and house and tech house and that whole vibe you know yeah. and uh, and from that inspiration create something else create something create a different product altogether and uh, that's what we did and that's what we try to still do and uh, again i I'm blessed with the kind of teams that we had uh, for the visuals uh, we had this team from Bangalore uh, this guy called Harish uh, I'm not sure if you know him mm-hmm. one of the top most visual artists in the country you know and uh, also a dear friend of mine we got him on board we got some of the best sound vendors on board and it was a beautiful experience for people and the artists in terms of uh, your sensory perception basically so visuals and sound and the feeling and the whole vibe you know it was a great space to be and even artists enjoyed every bit of it that's the most beautiful thing okay. you know again i'm repeating it to the conversation when you when an artist feels special and you, when you make them feel good you know it doesn't the money doesn't matter you know some of the top most artists today they'll probably play for free if they find a great vibe yeah <laughs> you know the money the money honestly doesn't matter but the respect and the way they treated is makes a huge difference huge difference you know and that's what was delivered to the dance floor at every stage of of the festival you know you can yeah. see it happen because because they they put in their heart and soul into it you know and when everybody puts their heart and soul into it it becomes a great product automatically <laughs> of course man yeah. so that's what i would restrict we still we still we still uh, struggling with a lot of things including finances but it's a dream so it's not going to stop for sure and uh, we've had multiple challenges i i won't get into that and you know there's a whole vibe of the conversation but <laughs> sure. yes it's not it is not easy it is not easy at all it is very difficult and again uh, you can only achieve something like that when you have a lot of people backing you up and supporting you cannot do it alone you know and i, I can't even begin to list the number of people who have supported me on this on this whole uh, venture here. you know include and uh, a lot of people are not with me now you know some of the crew had to part ways and get differences and couldn't continue whatever you know mm-hmm. but i still have massive massive gratitude to them because without them we couldn't have been where we are today Wow. However, uh, the, the 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 pandemic definitely shook us up, <laughs> but we were lucky. You know, we were fairly lucky because last year, this this uh, in 2020, we decided to move the festival by a month from first weekend March. We moved it last weekend February, you know, just just because the dates were you know falling at the right timing and stuff like that. Yeah, and we also we also follow a lot of other things. We follow the moon, we follow weather conditions, we follow all of that. You know, so uh, depending on that, so February, the end of February sounded right to me, and that's how we planned it. and uh, exactly after month the country went to a lockdown so we, <laughs> we had the last festival last year you know technically the last festival in globally almost yeah you know and uh, when it a lockdown so we were, we were actually again blessings because uh, a lot of festivals could not uh, execute last year okay. in fact most of the festivals could not execute their their 2020 edition most of the festivals you know and we managed to execute 2020 edition and we're also planning 2021 but uh, <laughs> so technically you're not missed a year if things go right that your fingers crossed fingers crossed you will not be missing it. you will not be missing a year so what we've done this year is we've we've changed uh, uh the dates usually it's the first quarter of the year now we've moved it to the last quarter of the year because i think uh, for us to execute a festival in the month of feb and march was next to impossible it takes a year of planning and a year prior to that we were almost in uh, lockdown we were in lockdown you know so so it was too uh, it was not the right time for us to do anything yeah, yes of course i could have scaled it down i could have done a smaller scene i could have planned something uh, you know less less riskier to yeah. be precise but it didn't make sense to me because you know again you don't want to create change the whole vibe it is what it is you know and uh, it is not about the money eventually so i didn't want to touch the whole vibe so we decided to push it to the last quarter of the year also where the weather is better in rajasthan and uh, you know so that's that's all planned right now so yes we are we are planning lots of things happening i mean oh, wow. uh, full power planning happening <laughs> oh, that's and, that's uh, that's the most positive news i think for everyone listening i think everyone's going to be like oh fuck something's happening something's <laughs> happening <Okay. laughs> in in fact in fact uh, lastly one of the international artists that we have tentatively booked oh, wow. uh put it out put it out on his uh, status we have we have not made announcements yet you know and we are waiting for waiting for the right time actually we are also waiting just waiting on observing to look at what the scene is going to be you know because everything is very uh, is very uh, 
you know, all of the phase right now. It's, 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 you don't know what's going to happen. It's very unpredictable, you know. So we're probably waiting for the next couple of months before we make announcements. But uh, we've already, the background work is already on for sure, including oh, artists, wow. oh, you wow. know. <laughs> and uh, one of the I'm missing this year as well. I'm, I said I'm missing <laughs> this year as well. <laughs> Why are you missing this year? I'm, I'm kidding, man. I'm saying, I'm saying I missed out on t- getting in touch with you guys. No, no, no. Let's, 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 <laughs> not, let's not miss this year. Let's make sure you're there. <laughs> and uh, let's, let's start planning on it right away. So one of these international artists actually put it up on his uh, on his social media handles. He put in that schedule for his year, you know, and he mentioned yeah, he us mentioned, also. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go look at every artist that you're following on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, people actually uh, started calling and messaging, oh, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And they started messaging the artist also. Wow. And he responded saying, yes, technically it's on. Uh, you know, of course, I mean, a lot of variables right now before we confirm things. You know, so we are we're taking uh, every every day as it comes and every month as it comes, and uh, so we're planning for sure. But again, we'll only make announcements if things are in perfect, uh, you know, if everything falls into place perfectly. You know, and uh, and uh, we are fortunate enough that uh, the last three years the festival grew and we outgrew <laughs> our uh, existing venue. You know, and uh, so 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 now we've we are moving into a larger space, a bigger space. Wow! Yeah, so, so that's we'll we'll that's, reserve we'll reserve all this amazing information for a quick another episode we'll do later when we're close yeah. to the the festival. But this is just yeah. great news. I think this is one of the best news I've heard in in the music space for a while now. Uh, yeah, so I yeah. mean, thanks for giving us I'm a bit of a, uh, thanks for giving us a bit of a, a good positive glimpse of what's happening. In, uh, <laughs> Uh, Vijay, we're almost getting done to the end of the podcast. I know Correct, a, a, yeah. a huge part of your uh, businesses is your agency in terms of managing the artists. Correct, correct. Uh, it's a huge topic and uh, obviously there are several platforms and uh, several forums where you guys have discussed how uh, this works. In. I just want to ask you one real quick question, uh, hmm. uh, which will kind of summarize the entire artist management space. Is What do you look for an artist when you uh, reach out to an artist uh, to manage? Uh, three things. Okay. One is music, of course. That's the top most priority. Second is his drive towards the career. You know, because today uh, we do come across a lot of people who are doing it because it's cool, yeah, or because it's a fun place to be, and uh, because they have access to connections or access to equipment. You know, so it makes it easier. Yeah. But they are they are they are fly by. They come, they go, and they they you know so. I mean, no offense to them. I mean, everybody has their own uh, freedom and journey and things things like that. But what happens in that scenario is when you are not serious about a career or about something that's taken up and you actually take up space in an industry that's already struggling. Yeah. You know, and there are people out there who are dying for that space, who genuinely want to make it, you know, and you're, and you're suddenly taking it away from them, you know. So so that's, that's the challenge. Of course, you you can't control it. You cannot control it because everybody has a right to to, to at least try it once. Of course, whatever you know, whatever line of work you choose, whatever profession you choose, some people may come in. There are different reasons we come in for. Some people think it's cool. Some people think because it's come for the music. Whatever reasons, everybody has a right to try out and choose and uh, figure out things themselves. But what happens in that process is a lot of real people lose out opportunities. Yeah. You know, and that is why that's the second thing we look at. We we look at the career path of the person and the drive that he has okay you know and uh, uh, i'll be very honest we you know everything comes into play social media your marketing strategies your creatives your all of that comes into play you know and it sounds a little uh, it doesn't sound right saying that you know because if you're looking at an artist uh, marketing should not be a part of the picture yeah. and uh, the creative should not be a part of the picture but then uh, today i think not today always you know art is meant to be pushed out there and all of this adds to it you know, if you cannot, if you cannot, you could make the best biryani at home. But if you cannot feed it to other people and market it, it's pointless. Yeah. You know, and art is art is meant to be uh, appreciated by people out there, and you have to push it. You know, and I've and I've, I've honestly seen a lot of producers in the country. There, you talk to them, they're always producing. Kya kare, bhai? Produce kare, produce kare, produce kare, produce kare. But where are you releasing, man? <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I, I, so I'm not a producer myself. I don't produce. I, that hasn't been a calling for me yet. I just DJ because I still feel I have a long way to go there in that profession itself before yeah. I become a producer. Yeah. You know, so, so, so I'm not, I'm not a producer yet. But again, I see a lot of especially new kids today. You know, everybody gets into music. The first thing they want to do is produce. Yeah. And they, they, you ask them where are they? What do they do? Oh, studio, me, studio, me, studio, me, produce, kara, produce, kara, produce, kara. But where, where, where are you producing? What are you creating? Where are the releases? You know, and also, uh, you have to work on creating a fan base. You have to work on reaching out to people. You have to work on networking. You have to go out there, meet clubs, meet venues. You can't be stuck in your studio. It doesn't work. 
Yeah. It doesn't work, you know. I mean, uh, people might come back to me and say, why does an artist need to market himself? Hello, if you don't market yourself, how will people recognize you? They don't, they don't even know you exist. Of course. You can't, ex- you can't expect a club owner or a venue owner or a promoter or a booker to imagine that you exist. <laughs> you know, and especially, yeah, you can, do, you, can, you can sit in the studio and create music as much as possible as long as he doesn't notice you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference anymore. You know, and secondly, today, because the world is a smaller place, because of technology, because of social media, there are so many options. There are so many artists out there. You know, yeah. it's, it's, today, today, a venue has probably uh, a, a multiple artists approaching them. You know, of course, it's human nature to choose the one that is more accessible to you or that's more connected to you. It's human nature. Yeah. In anything, in anything, you know, if there's, there's one guy who hasn't spoken to you in months, he just sent you his resume or his press kit uh, three months back and then he's expecting you to book him. It's not going to happen. And you're meeting someone on a daily basis. Who do you think is going to get booked? Of course, yeah. You know? So, so these are some things that we also look at because it also shows eventual effort. You know, because see, an agency can really do that much. An agency can help you with bookings, guide you, push you, support you. But yeah. end of the day, it is the artist who creates everything. It is the artist who, it is your profile and you have to build it and you have to, you know, you cannot fall back with the agency so that has happened a lot of times we have seen a lot of artists do that also the moment they sign out an agency they feel like uh, okay now my life is sorted okay, and i don't need i don't i'm sorted yeah so booking they won't even open their facebook and social media or, or, or instagram won't even post flyers yeah, I know. won't, I won't know. even post geek flyers you know so it's, so it's everything is part of the whole it's, it's it's a whole package on its own to be an artist is not just to create art but also to be able to present it beautifully, you know, market it beautifully. You know, and, and someone who's creative can use all these aspects and turn business into into art as well. You know, your creatives can be beautiful, your marketing strategies can be kick-ass. I know so many artists in the country, all the successful artists that you see in the country today, you know, and you see their marketing strategies. You're, you're in awe of them because they do it so beautifully. They market themselves so beautifully, they, they present themselves so beautifully. It's all a part of being artistic. It's not just business. You know, so that is that is the second thing that we look at. That is the second thing we look at. You know, and the third thing we look at is, of course, if he or she is a good person or not. Because uh, because when they sign on to the agency or when we get them on board, it is uh, not just work; it's also a relationship that we're starting. You know, and uh, if if uh, if the relationship is is not successful, then it doesn't go well for anybody. You know, and uh, it works both ways. The way a happy artist performs better, a happy agency or a, or a happy team working for you does much more and pushes harder for you. You know, so that happiness. Only comes when when everybody are on the same page and on the same mental level and there's friendship and there's love and there's all of that. It's and uh, working with with artists is is a different ballgame altogether. It's not just it's not it's more than friendship. You're practically living their lives. You're living with each other almost, even if you're not staying in the same house. You know, sometimes because it's a journey. It's a journey for an artist. It's a journey. But an artist goes through a lot of things. You know, in in their whole career, they go through breakdowns. They go through mental hardship. They go through trauma. They go through anxiety. They go through depression. They go to they go through everything. They go through addictions. You know, they go through personal problems and being able to guide them through all of it and sail smoothly and still go on to the career and the business aspect of it. You have to have a relationship. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's a fun place to be, but uh, it's so much more. It's so much more. You know, and uh, so that is why these three, th- three aspects are very important in music. Uh, the drive the artist has and also the human being that he is, he or she is critical. Wow. Wow. Vijay, I'm so glad you made me wait for about a year and a half, but uh, you've, kind of, you've kind of paid me back in in, in, in kind in terms of your wisdom. Um, I'm so glad okay. we did this podcast. Um, I can definitely, so I have this, uh, I have this, you could say, um, uh, like a superstars of the Breakthrough podcast where I know a certain kind of people will be coming back to the podcast again and again because there's so much of knowledge in their, in their brain. Uh, and I definitely can induct you into uh, being one of the, the, the superstars of the Breakthrough podcast which which i definitely see you I, I definitely see you coming back again and we will explore more topics um, uh, we will try to kind of pick your brain on more topics uh, but I'm so glad we did this today thank you I'm so glad much to, glad to. Uh, thank you so much for giving your time uh, on the Breakthrough Podcast and uh, definitely uh, you're going to make me think a lot of things because the whole we're recording this what, it's about, almost about 1 o'clock uh, but you've opened <laughs> a couple of thoughts in my head uh, in terms of my own career in terms of my own uh, you know my own uh, you know scenario in the, in the music space uh, so thanks a lot for this eye opener man I think uh, it's great. It was a, it was a pleasure, complete <laughs> pleasure being on the show. Thank you so much for having me over, and, and uh, you, it was fun, a lot of fun. Giving you all the blessings and the the success Thank and the so health much. and the wishes, all from our end in terms of the festival, in terms Thank of your you own so individual uh, act. Uh, and Thank you so much, much love. Hope to see you soon, bro. Cheers, man. Likewise, likewise. Take care, bro. See you. Thanks a lot, bro. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, bro.
and that was the episode guys thanks for tuning into the breakthrough podcast i'm getting mad love from all of you guys from the fraternity continue sharing but definitely consider subscribing following liking doing all that good stuff it definitely helps me a lot 